Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. Welcome back to The Zone. It's Horror Zone 607, episode 14 already, if you can believe that. Uh, with me in the studio, as always, first of all, in 1994, he won all four legs of the Grand Slam in both men's and women's tennis. Please say hello to Rich. I was a tough thing to handle, but by God, I did it, and uh, <laughs> it, 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 it took it out of me. But the next day, I did run a marathon, just so you know. Just a little fun fact. You, know, you, you won know. that, too. I did. I you remind me first. so much of Billie Jean King. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I just want you to know that. I, I'm, Billie, I, I'm as graceful as Billie Jean King, but I also have the, uh, the attitude of a John McEnroe. Well, yes. So yes. it works perfectly fine. <laughs> right. It's a good combination. But only if somebody looks at you the wrong way. Yeah, pretty much. Or they call the wrong uh Or they call, make the wrong call. It's, it's horrible. You don't <laughs> want I've, that. I've had to throw a racket at one of them judges before. That's Damn how you man. got this gig, actually. Yeah, pretty much. So pretty you much. were hired immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and also, welcome back to the studio. He, he's, it's actually his studio. The owner of 8122 Production Studios. Say hello to Ron. Hey, what's happening, nerds? So uh, before we get started with the news, since there's not a whole lot of it again, uh, just want to mention that uh, we, we actually had some real true-life horror here this this past weekend. First of all, we got about 47 feet of snow here in, in Binghamton. <laughs> Ron knows all about that. Eh, just about 10. About, about 10, 10 feet? inches. About 10 inches. Yeah, 10, 10 inches. 47. Who cares? Yeah, Close enough. A little under a foot. Yeah. Syracuse still got his feet. It was, it was colder. I, I was more upset Ew. about the cold. It was like yeah, negative 18. Brutal. It was brutal the day after the storm. So yeah. cold, nineteen hours overtime. Yeah. Well, we also had the horrors of those football games. Uh, I don't know if they were horrors. I, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed the game. Of course you did. <laughs> so Ron is a giant Rams fan. Tis I, tis I. And uh, he's he's awful happy they, that his team they, got the, by. The refs got my check. It's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> They're bowling. All right, so we'll start out with a little bit of news. Um, the big thing this weekend, and we're going to talk more about it in, uh, I believe, the second segment in today's show. Uh, the movie Glass uh, came out this weekend. Uh, it made close to $100 million in its opening weekend. No surprise. I would have made more money if it wouldn't have snowed this weekend because <laughs> me and Ron would have gone and seen yeah. it. But yeah. unfortunately, Mike... Well, fortunately for us, Mike went to see it. Unfortunately yeah. for us, we didn't get to see it, but Mike did get to see it because yeah. he got out of work early huh, on Friday. I took vacation on Thursday and Friday, and uh, Friday it opened. So, well, actually, I think Thursday night it was open, but uh, right. I went to see it early at 10 o'clock in the morning on Friday. Before and the uh, Only the second time in my life I've ever gone to the movies alone. I feel like a loser, <laughs> except there was a very nice old lady that got the seat next to me, and by the end of the show, we were, we were snuggling. <laughs> well, good stuff. Good stuff. So, Especially yeah. when you can pick your own seat. So, yeah. so, so the question is, did you pick the seat next to this person? I picked the seat. <laughs> oh, yeah. He wanted human contact any way you could get I like it. to make people feel as uncomfortable <laughs> as do, possible. I do, I do that, too. I love it when you, when you see them, you know it's couples because it's like two here, two here. Two oh, yeah. Here. You just pick the right one. Let's go with that one. With that one. You know, I look like I went to the to the movies with my grandmother. So <laughs> I don't. I usually pick one that's away from people just because I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what I ended up doing is I picked the seat thinking it was in the back of the theater and it turned out that it was like right in the front of the theater so i went back down to change seats and the guy's like well there's only so many people coming in he's like you can pick whatever one you want but you know just just choose any of these and yeah i i, I took that one so <laughs> that's because you have to read the screen the screen tells you what one the screen is at. yeah so yeah. come on mike you learned a valuable lesson it was early in the morning still the more me. you know <laughs> NBC is going to sue us now. Where's our lawyer friend? No, they can't sue us. It was different. Their version goes. <laughs> My version went. Doo, doo, doo. All right, Vanilla Ice. That's <laughs> fair enough. So yeah, apparently, um, Split when it uh, when it came out, it made a uh, total of two hundred and seventy eight million dollars in twenty seventeen. So so uh, glasses on a on a good it's path on a, right now. On a good way to break that. Also, it is to be noted that Sam Jackson says that's it. 
He says that he is not going to be reprising that role. It's not so much again. him. It's actually M. Night Shyamalan that's refusing to do another one. Well, so I've heard he, that too, but I, he, the interview that I heard with Sam Jackson, he said he's not reprising that role ever again. Yeah, so, without giving away any spoilers, you know, I, I won't say like what happens and whatnot. There's there's certain people that wouldn't we'll be able to come that. back. We'll save just, that for the, for the yeah, next Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the review later. But um, yeah, it's off to a good start. Um, as usual, I have my own opinions of it, and uh, you'll hear all about that in segment two right on. today. So... Uh, the next thing, and uh, I'm probably going to end up going on a rant on this if you guys don't beat me to it. <laughs> uh, last week, as you know, we got the word out there that Ghostbusters 3 is going to be filmed. The day after the news hit, a certain Leslie Jones, who was a member of the Ghostbusters team in the remake, went on a profanity-laced rant about how this is something Donald Trump would cause. Don't worry. I got the rant right here. Yeah. You, so you, I, I, you I will can read say the, it. I'll but... read the tweet. I will, I will, for this show and our show, we apologize for the colorful language, uh, but I will, I will skip the colorful language. I will just put the, you know, the F word, if you will, where it belongs. So this is exactly what she wrote on Twitter. So insulting like F us. We don't count. Although she spelled that wrong. She spelled, we didn't count D I N T. So I, I'm just assuming she meant don't count. It's like something Trump would do. And then she put Trump voice in parentheses. And I'm going to do my Trump voice, which I'm horrible at. Gonna redo Ghostbusters. <laughs> better with better with men. We'll be huge. Those women ain't Ghostbusters. Sorry for the bad Trump voice, but I wanted to do it. And then she f- finishes by going, uh, so annoying. Such a dick move. And I don't give a F. I'm saying something. So we're right back to... Where today's society, it's the age of entitlement. I, yeah. This this really frosts me. Before you continue, and I, I want you on the rant, we do want to make acknowledgement. I don't have the tweet, but there was a tweet later on where she half retracted, half yeah. apologized. It wasn't really. It was just saying, oh, I'm sorry if I came across as an ass, uh, but I still am. I still have hurt feelings. I, I guess I should have done it better. But she didn't really but, retract what she said. She just kind of said, "Oh, I should have said it better." But I'm just if it upset. was a white actress, she'd be kicked off whatever show. She yeah, was. pretty much. Or yeah. a comedian. Yeah, but pretty just, much. Just saying. Pretty much. Well, you know, here's the thing: she already had to know that she wasn't coming back for another one anyway. They pretty much said that 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 was done it, after the first well, one it failed. Bombed. It, it bombed. bombed for what it was. I mean, it still made a lot of money, a good amount of money, but gave, it bombed I considering it, that they thought they were going to make a billion dollars with it. Well, it bombed because it didn't make back the money that they paid for it. Yeah, that's what a true definition of a bomb is. If you don't make as, as much as you paid for, it, and they didn't, uh, at the end of the day, and it wasn't because they were women. It was because I said before, I said it on the Three Fat Nerds podcast that uh, I enjoyed. There was parts of the movie that were entertaining, but they didn't go into depth on those parts. Like they stepped all over those parts, and the fact that it was was not tied into the original when all of us people who have always known the original if they could have tied it in it would have been perfectly fine which they should have done we've talked about that before they were just the new breed of ghostbuster it didn't matter you could have tied it in anyway like oh they came before so you don't even have to have them in the movie dan Aykroyd makes a cameo appearance in that movie not as not as ray stance right instead of bill murray you know they they were all ernie hudson they were all there even even egon kind of made an appearance because there was a bronze bust of him early on in the movie in Kristen wigg's office right you know they were all there and they should have tied it in and it would have been it would have made more sense they didn't say they were ghostbusters they didn't say that they the were characters. different characters. Yeah, it's, it's just, just it was a, it was a bad decision. Yeah, absolutely. You know, on the studio's part to do that. I liked the movie. I, I think I like it more than most people do. I think it's better than Ghostbusters Two. I'm not a fan of that movie. I know a lot of people do, and it has its own cult following. But Ghostbusters Two is great. I'm not a fan. I never was. I, I I don't care for that movie. I love the original. It's not the original. But I don't know what she's so surprised about because they already made it clear that they weren't going to make another one. So you got to act like the entitled little brats that are everywhere in this world today it's like she threw herself on the floor and was stomping and kicking and flailing around because she's not getting her way enough is enough with this garbage enough is enough sounds like saints fans yeah (laughs) i I wouldn't even have a problem if they brought them into this movie but they're not going to yeah but here's the thing uh we 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 talked about this in depth well not super in depth but on the three fenders podcast we did and I said, and I'll say it again because it's a reiteration, this is what happens in Hollywood. First of all, if anybody should have been slighted, it should have been the originators of the series when they went off and made the movie that she was in that had nothing to do with their series. And they were. That's the, yeah. So that that should have been the that should be the only person to feel slighted. You were in a reboot of an original series that people loved and it failed. Okay? So that's, it is what it is. You were Nightmare on Elm Street. Pretty yep. much. Okay? 
now the originators are coming back to do the third Ghostbusters movie that all of us fans have wanted to see for 30 and years. And that's the key thing. 30 years that all of us have wanted to see this this movie. And they're coming back to finally do this movie. And it's being taken care of and written by Jason Reitman and Dan Aykroyd. And Jason Reitman's directing instead of, you know, the son of Ivan Reitman. So it's back in the hands of the creators of this movie. And... That's that's one that's a whole other ball game. So you can't be mad that you got bumped for the originators. And I said, look at like, and, and Derek pointed out, and I've pointed out in that podcast, like, look at Spider Man. We've had three different Spider Man. Mm-hmm. We've had Tobey Maguire, we've had Andrew Garfield, and now we have Tom Holland. And that would be like any of the two previous ones complaining that Tom Holland is now Spider Man. Well, guess what? It it is what it is. That's how Hollywood works. That, yeah. That's really how it works. If you fail at something, they're going to reboot it. How many times have we rebooted the Fantastic Four? Just saying. Batman. Batman. They're, they're going to do yeah. it. They're going to reboot it. They're going to move on. They're going to make money. Yeah, was- And that's the key thing there, too. It's it's all about the money. The new Ghostbusters with the originals back in it, it's going to make big money. Oh, absolutely. It's going to make a lot more than the, the remake did. I mean, this wasn't horrible. I mean, it was budgeted at $144 million estimate. Opening weekend was only forty six million. That's their that's their gripe is opening weekend in the US. Worldwide it made two hundred and twenty nine million one hundred and forty seven thousand. So it did make a little bit of money, but not enough where they consist. No. They thought they had a billion-dollar yeah. new franchise right. on their hands. Well, and the problem is is that also... I mean, it made money for the company, but they're just like, eh, it's a lot of money to put in. We'll have to put in... We'll have to add money to it to just make another one. Right. And they, that in movie terms, that's not a good idea. I, I think a lot of it, too, was the legions of fans of the original series didn't want to see it. And it's unfortunate because I actually do like all of the actresses that were in the movie. Yeah. But I think a lot of people didn't want to see women do it. And that's wrong. You know, that, that, I think that that played a part in why it didn't make as much money because the fans of the original didn't want to see that. They wanted to see what they wanted. I didn't have a problem with that. Like I said, I, find it, I found it mildly entertaining at times. The problem was is that the story, I just didn't feel like the story, you're knocking in the mic there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. The, the story didn't like follow like what I want to see in a Ghostbusters movie. Right. Like that's just not kind of, it's just, it was different. I, I yeah. and Not different in a good way though. Like it was different in like, this is just not good. And, right. and if you, they didn't tie into anything from the originals. Right. Like that you, was the biggest you know, criticism I think everybody had, and that's the biggest one that I've got. Like they to, were inventing things but, that they didn't invent that were already around because we saw the original. Right. You know, they they made, you know, Ecto one out of a hearse, I do believe, right? Yeah, now. right. It was a hearse and, and like you're like, well it was an old school ambulance. That's what yeah. what Ecto one was. So come on, try again. Because like, they were just, they, well, because they were trying to get it. But, I know. But you're like your argument with like Ghostbusters two, the budget was only thirty seven million and opening weekend was twenty nine million. So they made all their like basically all they their made money, it back and then worldwide weekend. it was two hundred and fifteen million. And that was yeah. in nineteen eighty what eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah, it was at yeah. the end of the eighties. So yeah, think so, about that. Well, it's a different time. Uh, eighty nine, yeah. If you if you translate that into today's dollars, that was a lot of money. Exactly, right, right, right. Well, exactly. Saying, but here's the thing, like you, well, and of course, and then like, I love was the original. Yeah, so you, I love those movies, and there's a lot of a legion of people who love the Ghostbusters. And that's really what it was, the real Ghostbusters. You have yeah, to have yeah. the real Ghostbusters. You do. Here's the real kick. The original was budgeted at $30 million estimate. Only made $2 million opening weekend. But worldwide, it was $291 million once people got to see it. So even like the original had... And it, became a cult classic. Became too. a cult classic after that. That was probably still at a time, too, where they were like going like... It wasn't like 4,000 theaters all oh, opening the same. It probably well, no, bounced around well, back, at that back, point. Back, back, back then, so. 84 was single theater. House. Exactly. Got, like here in this area, it was Cameo, right. The Town... Uh, yeah, you big, didn't have big the movie. Binghamton Plaza was the the biggest with three. Yeah, within the, the mall too. The mall, and the mall had three. Had three. Yeah. So that was our big movie complex, right? And then you had the cameo. You had the town, the Ritz, and the downtown. Uh, the cameo was a lot of fun. I liked sticking to the floor every time I went in there. Hey, listen, at least at least it wasn't adult videos. Well, Pee Wee Herman's favorite place. But, you know, I, I, I disagree with the way that she acted over oh, yeah. it. It's just like, again, I, I liken it to the way that people are acting about the Saints and Rams football game. They want to sue everybody because of mental anguish. Well, stop throwing yourself on the floor and having a tantrum and live with uh-huh. it. You're going to make another movie. You, I, I find her to be funny. You know, I, I really oh, do uh, like her. No, overall, yeah. I, I thought that she was one of the funnier ones in the yeah, Ghostbusters movie. movie, and I enjoyed the movie. I would have been okay with, with another sequel. I'd be okay if they did it and they merged the two together into one. It's not what's going to happen. I'm excited for what's coming, but stop acting like a baby because you didn't get your way. Enough of this age of entitlement that we're in. I think the biggest problem is she probably just lost herself some jobs. I'm just saying because it's just not a good look. People don't like to see that, especially in Hollywood. 
It's not it's not one of those places yeah. where you get to throw a temper tantrum and they they reward you. Really, they, they don't. either do or they don't. Some people they do that well, and the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes they do if you're a big enough star. She is not. Not yet. Like she's not. She's not right. Like she, she, she may think that she is after that movie because it was a blockbuster. Doesn't matter it doesn't how much matter, money it made. No. It was a blockbuster film, but. But you're not a beggar star. You're not somebody who's going to get away with it. Tom Cruise can get away with that shit. You know why? Because he's Tom Cruise. Well, <laughs> you know. well, Scientology. Oh, that too. That too. This is the wrong show. He doesn't get freaked out about Scientology. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, Will Smith can get away with it. Denzel can get away with it. Like, like mega stars can get away with whatever the hell they want. But yeah, well, except for Denzel. I know, I know, I, I, I was. Being... Let's, let's, let's not let's not put no. rumors out there. No, Denzel no, no, is not a Scientologist. No, I, I wasn't. Doing, Praise I the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we can't lose Denzel. No, can to lose him. Well, you know he's our number one fan on Horizon Six Hundred Seven. I I don't have the official paperwork to back that up. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but I I think that he might be our number one fan. Well, we we have the official paperwork to back up that uh, Three Fat Nerds on Wrestling or Three FNW is Hawk Hogan's favorite podcast. Yes, <laughs> we do have the paperwork for that. That's Just actually true. That's a real one. Uh, but we have more news. Let's get to that real quick after that rant. Yeah, a couple more things here on uh, Netflix. Now this is funny because Rich sent something to me about a week ago about how Netflix was talking about bringing back Unsolved Mysteries. Yep. And like thirty seconds after he sent it to me, it was announced <laughs> yeah. that Netflix is going to be bringing back Unsolved Mysteries. I they sent ordered you, twelve episodes. I sent you one. There was a couple comments by us, and then I sent you the other one that said it was confirmed. Yep. So that quick, it went from rumor to confirmation. Real quickly. And it wasn't like the last time we had a rumor confirmation and then a cancellation. Right. This time it's going forward. <laughs> it is going forward. Um, they did order up 12 episodes. I hope that there's going to be a lot more than that. Um, but the uh, the showrunners are actually saying that it's going to have the same feel, uh, creepy feel, as the original. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, the, the Lifetime didn't really have that feel. No, it didn't. And, you know, we kind of talked off air um, when this first came out about who could be the host. And I nominate Robert Stack coming back from the dead. <laughs> I said CGI him. him. You CGI could CGI him. him. You do whatever you need to that do. If you want to prop him up, he could be the Crypt Keeper. I, I was know. mortified of that show as a child. You just got to find somebody creepy as creepy. Christopher Walken, maybe. Oh. He's very corpse-like. I, I, I like that. Oh, walk, That'd I'll be walk amazing. Hey, Kevin Spacey's not up to anything these days. <laughs> oh. <laughs> After that YouTube video, it fits right there. Oh, no. Oh, that was bad. That, yeah, if you saw that YouTube video, you'd know what I'm talking about. I wonder oh, if it's so it's cringeworthy. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have on there, uh, Mike? So uh, the last thing is, is there was a TV spot that came out uh, this week for the new Pet Cemetery movie, which is coming in April. Absolutely. And um, not much different than the original trailer was, but it did... Happened to show a quick glimpse of Zelda, who was the most terrifying character in the original, I think. Yes, did not show her face, which is awesome. They're not giving away too much, but yeah. you got to see you the see her back as she crawls down deformed. the hallway. Yeah. yeah, spine coming nice. out. I love it. So I'm glad that she's going to be in it, although we knew that she was going to be. Um, yeah, but it was nice to see, got to see the visual confirmation, but without ruining it. We didn't right. get to see the whole enchilada, so that's good. I like it when they don't ruin stuff. I like it when they don't put too much in, but they still show you something just to get you excited. Uh, I'm I'm getting more and more excited for Pet Cemetery the closer it comes. Yeah, I mean, I was again. I, I've said this before about Pet Cemetery. The original one, a lot of people love it and think it's horrifying. I think that it was very poorly acted. Good look, you know, it had the look and everything, but I just thought that the acting was bad. I think that if they don't go over the top with Hollywood effects like they tend to do with these remakes if they keep it simple and practical and it kind of follows a similar story that the original one did it's going to be a better movie just because it has better actors in it i didn't like the dialogue in the original movie that's what i, I mean be yeah, the dialogue was especially little... especially at the end like think about it at the end like basically well spoiler alert on a almost 30 year old movie uh they basically at the end of the child gauge who is killing his mother while well, killed his mother with a scalpel is sitting there and the father finally like, chastises him to get him to stop. And literally the kid drops the scalpel and just goes, no fair. That's because no he ejected him to kill him. Yeah. But still, no fair. Yeah. Like, just, just, it's, that was stupid. Like, why do you put that line in? Yeah. Just, just inject him and have him fall. That's it. I know. I just, eh. Like, I, I, hope that they don't, script. I hope they don't CGI, you know, the snot out of the kid in the new one and stuff like that. I just, I want to see practical effects. They were the better. The cat looked terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I the new cat. The new cat looks terrifying. That's all I'm saying. John Lithgow is uh, going to be amazing. in it. Um, the guy that played Lewis Creed in the original one was just such a bad actor. You know, I I hate to say it, but he's just his delivery on everything was just it was horrible. So I'm excited to see it. I think that as long as they don't go over the top with the with the effects and make it ridiculous, I think that this could be a winner. Yeah, you know, it might be a terrifying movie and a better movie than its its predecessor. 
And speaking of remakes, real quick, it looks like I probably won't be out until 2020, it looks like. But we are getting a remake of The Witches. Yes. And we have already found out Robert Zemeckis is directing... And they've casted Anne Hathaway to be the Grand High Witch. If you all don't remember <laughs> the witches from our childhood, if you're older like I am, uh, it was 1990. Yes, it was a 1990 movie that was made for children. It was PG, and it had uh, yeah, it had witches that were terrifying looking at it. Angelica Houston. Was, Angelica yeah. Houston was the Grand High Witch in the original. Yeah, and uh, they turned the uh, the kids into mice. And then ate the mice. And then were eating the mice. Oh, but two of the mice caused havoc and got back at them and then the old grandmother who was a witch hunter yeah that was the weird I, part I, I of I that don't, i don't understand that I, that I don't remember like it is a book that is it is based on a book by raul Dow. Yeah. yeah i remember that we were read the book in like second or third grade so i i've heard the story i don't remember seeing the movie i don't think i did oh you got to see the movie i may have it was one of those it was one of those from when we were a kid that was uh yeah not friendly to children but children movies i put it in there yeah i remember it scaring like me when the, the gremlins is it. in there with witcher gremlins witcher in the woods dark crystal yeah all that stuff which is Damn near terrifying, but yet we're kids' movies somehow. Yeah, so. just just under the radar as a PG. <laughs> yeah. But well, any other news that you guys have to share this week? No, no, no news. But uh, if you guys want to comment on any of the news that we uh, threw out there, uh, go ahead and do it. You can find us on Facebook Horror Zone Six Hundred Seven, on Twitter and Instagram at Horror Zone Six Hundred Seven. And to join our conversation, please remember to use the hashtag HZ Six Hundred Seven. All right, thanks, Rich. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back as we discuss more in depth the movie Glass. Welcome back to The Zone. So as we mentioned in the first segment, uh, and as all of you probably know by now, the movie Glass premiered this past weekend in theaters everywhere. And uh, although the guys here didn't get a chance to see it yet because of the bad weather, uh, I did get to go see it and kind of wanted to talk a little bit about it. Uh, I did write a review uh, of the movie, and uh, we did post it uh, on, there was a link to it on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, but we do have it on our website, 8122productions.com. And uh, all you have to do is scroll down on the page, click on Horror Zone 607, and there is a link for reviews. It'll be the review you see at the top. So if you want to take a look at it, please do. Uh, It is spoiler-free for the most part. Um, I just kind of went over generalities, uh, you know, things that you would have seen in the trailer anyway. So it wasn't really giving away too much. Uh, But I got a lot to say about the movie. Um, Unbreakable, when it came out in 2000, uh, it was M. Night Shyamalan's follow-up to The Sixth Sense. And when I saw it, I kind of expected more of a horror movie with a big twist and was a little disappointed. Uh, But when it came out um, on video, I remember watching it several more times and I ended up falling in love with the movie. Uh, It's a great comic book story, has a great twist on the end. And, um, you know, basically, this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler if you haven't seen it. But the whole movie, uh, Bruce Willis, his character's name is David Dunn. There's a, a huge train crash at the beginning of the movie, and everybody on board dies except for him. He doesn't get a scratch on him. Um, Samuel L. Jackson's character, Elijah Price, shows up and starts telling him that he believes that he might be a superhero. 
At the same time, David Dunn's young son also starts to believe that his father is a superhero. And little by little, there's different crimes that are being committed throughout the movie. And the big twist at the end, here's the spoiler. Turns out that Elijah Price, who you think is David Dunn's friend the whole movie, turns out to actually be the villain. He's a terrorist and he's been doing these things, trying to find his his uh, superhero, his, his yeah, arch enemy. Yeah, his arch enemy. So that's how Unbreakable goes. 2017 is when the movie Split came out. Completely different kind of movie, also directed by M. Night Shyamalan. And this one follows James McAvoy's character, Kevin Wendell Crumb, who abducts three teenage girls at a mall and takes them to some hidden place. You don't really know exactly where he is, but it's a desolate place, and he's got them held captive. And it turns out that he's got 23 different personalities because he's got a dissociative uh, identity disorder. So as that movie goes on, um, which, by the way, I, I, that, I love that movie. I think it's better than Unbreakable. But the big twist in that movie that you see at the very end of it is that David Dunn is actually sitting at a counter watching a newscast as they report on yeah. Kevin Wendell Crumb and his crimes. And it turns out that it is actually a sequel to Unbreakable. So that gets us to Glass. So basically, the way that this movie starts out, you kind of see what Bruce Willis has been up to 20 years later. Uh, his wife has passed away. She was in the first movie. She's not in this one. She's passed away. And he now owns a security equipment store with his son. And they sell the the equipment, and when nobody's around, they basically go back to a computer, and the son is listening to um, a police scanner, and he's got equipment on his computer. And basically, he kind of is almost like the oracle he kind of finds the crime and his father david dunn bruce willis's character goes out and tries to solve the crime they are hard at work trying to find kevin wendell crumb and the sun narrows down a section in philadelphia that's mostly abandoned with abandoned warehouses and it's easy access to where these crimes are all being committed so they know that he's he's being holed up somewhere there they also know that there's been four cheerleaders four more teenagers that have been abducted and that he's got them somewhere so David Dunn goes to this neighborhood as he's walking down the street. If he bumps into somebody, his superpower is he can kind of get a premonition and see, you know, if somebody's the bad guy, he, he that's how he feels it out and finds out who's the bad guy. And he bumps in to Kevin Wendell Crumb on the street, sees a premonition, follows him back to this warehouse, goes in and, and tries to rescue these girls. As he's doing that, the big I don't know what you would really call him, but uh, the, the big thing that one of the personalities turns into in Split is something called the Beast. The other 22 personalities keep talking about how the Beast is coming, yeah. and the Beast is revealed at the end of Split. Well, the, he turns into the Beast, fights Bruce Willis early on in the movie. Up to this point, everything is really good. I'm into the movie. I'm loving it. I'm like, ah, oh, thinking, ah, oh, yeah, this is going to be at least a 9 out of 10 in this movie. <laughs> they have a huge battle. It spills out of a window and out into the streets where there's a SWAT team waiting for them. Um, headed up by Sarah Paulson's character. Which is in the trailer. <laughs> which is in the trailer. I'm not giving away anything here. <laughs> yeah. But they capture them and bring them to a mental health facility. And they're all separated in separate rooms. And this is where the script kind of takes a downfall. Um, it's not horrible, but it's kind of boring. There's there's just not a lot going on. Uh, Sarah Paulson's character is trying to reach all three of these characters because uh, Elijah Price is also, as they find out, he's also being held there and he's in a catatonic state. And little by little, she's trying to tell all three of these people that there's no such thing as superheroes. They're not superheroes. She's just trying to reach them. And this goes on for a good hour. There was an excellent scene where Anya Taylor-Joy's character from Split returns. She was the survivor girl in Split. She does return, and she actually asks if she can see Kevin Wendell Crumb. And there's a really gripping scene um, when she's allowed to go visit him. It's heartbreaking, and uh, it was excellent. I loved it. It almost brought a tear to my eye. It was so. It was such a strong scene, strongest scene in the whole movie. Um, but it doesn't really go anywhere from there. It's just the whole most of the movie is just Sarah Paulson trying to tell these people that they're not superheroes. And then we get to the climax of the movie, which I'm not going to give up. You know, I don't want to give anything with that away. But it was just a horrible, horrible ending to the movie. I, to me, I understood what they were doing, but it made no sense the direction they went with it. It was, they, they really kind of restrained themselves from what they could have done. It just, it, it was a terrible ending. It, it was a terrible, terrible ending. That's my opinion. I'm sure a lot of people enjoyed it. I hated this ending, and to me, it ruined the whole legacy of this trilogy. 
personally what I would have done different in this movie. Instead of having three the three main characters hold up in some mental facility, one of which is barely speaking, and that's Samuel L. Jackson. He's in a catatonic state most of the movie, and he doesn't say anything. And the movie's called Glass. You know, he does come out of it later, and he gets involved, and, you know, it does take off. But this movie should have been something where it was not held in a, in a facility. It should have been out in the real world. There should have been a lot of cat and mouse. There should have been a lot of suspense. It was completely devoid of suspense because of the direction they went with it. So, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, what should have been an easy 9 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10 score, I give this movie a 5 out of 10. So I wish you guys would have seen it. I wish you guys could have gotten a chance to see it because I want to know what you guys think of it. But anybody out there that's listening to this that may have read my review or is listening to the show, I want to know what you guys think if you've seen it. You know, am I right? Am I wrong? Am I not getting something with it? You know, to me, I just I, I really think that this movie should not have been held in a mental health facility. It should have been something where there was battles and cat and mouse and suspense. There should have been a big war. It was a comic book movie. They've made it clear that that's what it is. The direction they went was not good. It, just a bad script. Right. So you're saying this should, should have been more like Glass getting a hold of McAvoy's character there. I forget his name. Uh, and get in releasing the Beast around. Right. Around and, and it's in the trailers that that right. does happen. Right. 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 So right. I'm not giving that, away anything no, when no. I say that because well, it, like, like, it does in, happen in the trail instead of being in the. Insane asylum. Locked up in an insane and asylum. And the only reason why he does it is to get himself out. It should have been the other way. He should have been looking for him. Correct. And found him faster than... I gotcha. My, my only thing is, is uh, did, do you think maybe possibly that like Split wasn't originally intended to be part two? And that it was, that was later? I know that M. Night Shyamalan actually revealed right before Glass came out that uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb was in the Unbreakable script. The, the character, the Beast, was in oh, that script. He? And he pulled it out of that on purpose because he knew that he wanted to do... A trilogy oh, with this I, I at some point because it just seems like it just seems how it's how it was phased out to me right like i i yeah, know he was Rich, in the original you, script yeah rich and derek and you i know enjoyed those movies a little bit more than i did yeah uh, like, I, I, like, I didn't mind unbreakable it was all right I, and i don't mind split as what it was i just thought it was kind of forced that it was originally going to be like like oh because all of a sudden at the end there's no other link to it <laughs> right right that's why i always wonder like, i didn't do any research yeah on that, but. Yeah, just I, I want to say it was like a week ago, maybe a week yeah. and a half ago. There was uh, oh, okay. an article that came out, and M Night Shyamalan actually did say that. So he was in the original script, and he pulled him out of it because he knew that he wanted to go down this direction. And I love the scripts. I, I think that that Split is oh, I, is I, got everything. You I know, like, it's creepy. Yeah. It's scary. Very good acting. I uh, like Split by itself. Yeah, after but, seeing Glass, I really do. But like, I like Split by itself. Uh, the and then what you're saying with Glad, like it just means like like split, like you could could have done a lot more. They <laughs> could have. Um, and, and the one thing I will, you know, another thing I will give it is um, James McAvoy's character. The one thing that, and they could have done this out in the open world with it instead of in this asylum. But uh, the one thing that does happen is you do get more Kevin Wendell Crumb. You get more of a backstory than you get in the first one. Um, he's all, he plays all the different personalities again, and they're all there. And there, there's parts of it where I wish that they would have, you worry would have seen more like you did in Split, but you have already been there and done right, that. Right. So it, it does kind of go but, into his backstory and kind of makes you understand why he has developed these personalities. And that was good writing. It really did start out well. Oh, I gotcha. Well, I just well, don't well, agree with the script the rest of the here, way Here's from the plus there. part, too, though, that well, Unbreakable and Split were 10 years apart. Well, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it was um, tw- two thousand is when um, Unbreakable came out, and oh, twenty seventeen is when Split oh, so came out. 17, so seventeen, 17 years, seventeen years apart, like, and now Glass is nineteen years. Right. So, so who would have played? Yeah, <laughs> Make, he was James he, McAvoy. Right, McAvoy isn't. It wasn't a thing then. Like he didn't get his breakout role until Wanted. Right, which was not. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I'm glad that it didn't end up where it was all. You yeah. know, where where he was a part of that. Um, but you, you, there, there's some things. Again, I don't want to give anything away, but there's actually more of a link than just David Dunn appearing at the end of yeah. Split. And this one, they do give you a more link like, between David Dunn and Kevin Wendell Crumb. So yeah. there, there's actually there is a lot of backstory there, um, and, and that was that was excellently written. I, I agree okay. with that stuff. It's just the direction they went with it. Not uh, good. I'll definitely and, still watch it. I just oh, I yeah, I, I really hope you guys do get a chance to see it because I'd love to talk more about it on the show and kind of debate it a little bit, like we did with Halloween. Yeah. So, which Ooh, Rich, what a twist! 
Ooh, what a twist. Rich happened to watch Halloween again this past weekend. Ooh, and Yes, we will get to that in a second. Yeah. But first, if you, uh, Mike wants to hear from you guys. So if you have a take on Glass and you've seen it and you want to give your take, whether he's right or wrong, go ahead, reach out to us on Facebook, HorrorZone607, or on Twitter and Instagram, at HorrorZone607. Always use hashtag HC607. And when we come back uh, in the normal Talking Horror section, we just kind of told it out. I, I watched uh, Halloween 2018 for the second time. First time on home video. First time, first time I was on the theater. This is the first time on home video. And I watched it with my 13-year-old stepson. And we will, uh, there's some takeaways. So I'm going to come back and talk about that and kind of get uh, hear what the guys have to say about my takeaways. I can't wait to talk horror with you. <laughs> we'll be right back. Damn it, Rich. Not again. Welcome back to The Zone, and we are now going to talk some horror. And this week, like I said in the last segment, we are going to talk about Halloween 2018. Let's set it up a little bit. We have talked about it before. We have Mike's review of it. Uh, we got it on the show. We It's, it's you know, it is what it is. Uh, Mike, you graded it at a 2 out of 10, I do believe you yes. said. Me and Ron originally saw it, so I graded it at a 5 out of 10 yeah. when it was in theaters. So I saw it in theaters, and then this past weekend it came, well, it came out on digital to buy on the 28th of, of December. Yeah. On my birthday, the 15th of January, it came out on uh, digital, uh, the actual Blu-ray DVD, and then you could rent it as well, because you couldn't rent it up until that point, which I thought was really weird. Right. Because I tried. Uh, so I told my stepson I would watch it with him. He's 13 years old. He's starting to get into horror movies, so I've been watching some horror movies with him. I've watched uh, most of the Nightmare on Elm Streets with him. I've watched a few Friday the 13th with him. I watched the original Halloween with him on uh, around Halloween time. So I said, all right, we'll watch this one. I, I went ahead and I uh, rented it from Amazon because uh, we had a little storm, <laughs> like a really bad, that really bad storm was uh, Snowmageddon, as we called it. So we didn't get that. That's why we didn't go out to watch Forty-seven feet of snow. Yes, yes. No, it was it was only ten inches, but there was a lot of ice. A lot of ice. It was it was treacherous. So I, I got that so me and him could watch it because we were inside for the weekend. So I have some new takes now. I'm going to just open up and I'm going to bury the lead. I, it didn't go up a lot in my book. I gave it a 6 out of 10 now. I did put it up a point because I do think I missed some things in the theater. And I also think that there's things that afterwards hearing and stuff kind of made me a little watch things a little differently. And I was also watching him. So from his vantage point, he enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, once again, he's just getting into horror movies. So it was easy for him to follow. Uh, that's one of the things I will give it points for. Uh, the second time watching it, not watching it with the critical lens of like, this is the movie I've been waiting to see. And all that, it was really kind of interesting to see that it was actually kind of easy to follow. If you watch the movie, it really does. If you never saw the original Halloween, you could pick up this movie and kind of know what was going on from the jump. They do a good job of not. And also, I think that the one thing that we probably didn't give them credit for that we should have is that because they don't go and give you the whole backstory. It's not like the origin story gets told again in the beginning. It's real quick. It's real you know, simple. But you know enough to know what's going on from the beginning of that movie. Right. Which is pretty awesome because there is probably a good portion of the audience that it reached because it made so much money who have never seen the original. Like there, I would have to say about a third because yeah. honestly, there's I'd a, agree with that. between being younger and stuff. And a lot of the younger kids now don't watch older movies. They I mean, don't have do. any appreciation for right. them. Right. They think they're corny or whatever. Yeah. And they don't watch the guy them. I work with is about 10 years younger than me. He watched the original Halloween this past October. And he's like, ah, he goes, it was all right. He goes, I don't know what you like about it. Like, uh, Are yeah, you kidding yeah. me? You kidding me? So, so there was that. Uh, I do think the one thing that, that suffered, and I, I had heard somebody talk about this. 
I don't remember who, and I, I just want to give credit that it wasn't my original thought, but in the back of my head, I, I believe it was on YouTube, I just don't remember who. It was in the back of my head while watching it, and I do believe that they were wrong because there's a, there was some people who said that him being without the mask in the beginning was like making him human, which took away from him being frightening. And I don't know how it took away from him being frightening because I think that they did a good enough job of like the mystique of like the camera changes and stuff. And there was such deliberate moves, especially when he didn't have the mask that I felt like almost it was most more terrifying without the mask than with the mask, because with the mask, it seems like they wanted to get the shots in. And I know you took a, you took, you took a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you were took you were took offense, if you will, not in a way to the fact that they like to show off the mask a little too much. Uh, because yeah. like they, they, there was a bunch of useless shots just so you can yeah. see the mask after he puts the mask on. Right. Before then, if you just take, and this is what I appreciated more, when he had no mask, all the moves were deliberate. And it kept him kind of not, it wasn't in the shadows because it was daylight, but it kept him like on the move so it was interesting ways to not see his face. You know, only pieces of it at a time. Mostly so I felt like, yeah, I felt head. like, I felt like that was actually kind of, it was more terrifying to do that than to like have the scene where he puts the mask on for the first time and it's all slow motion as he pulls it down, or when he's staring into the lady's living room and just so you can see the mask reflection, like it, that that kind of stuff was, I, I don't know, I I think they tried too hard at that. It was it was more it was more brisk when he didn't have the mask on. That's in my opinion. It just should have been more over the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, it should have. Like the original. It should have, but there was something to have about seeing his face a little bit too because I, I do believe that that's true fans of the series enjoy some some little taste of the face plus the fact that they did such hard work on like scarring up his eye and everything. Yeah. For us. Uh, so, you know, they didn't get rid of any of that mythology if you will. Uh, well, let's walk into some of the other things that I, I saw and then I'll get into like my real deep end stuff. Uh, the things that I saw on the second time around, some of the kills, man, were, were more brutal than I remembered. <laughs> uh, especially the, uh, knife through the face, that same lady in the house where you think he's going to slit her throat and he sticks the knife through her face. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like, I knew it was brutal, but I didn't realize how brutal it was. So I saw it on the small screen. I was like, Oh wow. Cause like, there's a lot of visceral that comes out at you. And I'm like, Whoo, that was good. That was really good. Of course, the doctor's head getting stomped on was still amazing. The fingers getting blown off were a little more seeing on a small screen. There was a little more detail to it. Stuff like that. I thought was, you know, added to a little more because there was more detail on the small screen. I do believe because there wasn't as much to look at. Uh, I know you're still not happy about it. No, I mean, those are the things that were Rob Zombie-like to me. That's fine. The head smash, that happens in Halloween, too. Rob Zombie's Halloween, yes, too. Yes, I know. But that's fine. Ugh. It's a slasher film, Mike. It's a slasher <laughs> film. We need a body count. The original Halloween wasn't a slasher film because slasher films didn't exist. But from that point on, from one through the ones that got rid of, two through six, seven, if you count, seven or eight if you count the uh, uh, Rob Zombie ones, they, uh, and not counting H2O and Resurrection, which, whew. but the body count got per- proceedingly better because it's a slasher film. It created the slasher, well, it didn't create the slasher genre, it just perfected the slasher genre. Yeah. And you had to step up the body count, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. I never did. That's why I graded it higher than you would begin with because I went into this thinking I was going to see a slasher film. Now, was it a classic or an instant classic like the original? Hell no. It's still not. However, Watching it with a new set of lenses, and we we talked about it before that they, there's things that are in the works. There's a bunch of rumors and innuendo that there's things in the works, like a i e Michael Myers might become not Michael Myers. He might just become the persona of somebody who takes up the mantle, if you will. There's been tons of rumors about that. Whether it's uh, the return of uh, Tommy Doyle as Michael Myers, possibly, or the granddaughter takes uh, up the mantle as Michael Myers. Uh, there is there is seeds planted in this movie that make me believe that could be true. And when you go back and watch it, it's actually ingenious if that happens. Because there is throwaway stories during this movie that stand out no other reason than to advance a story that may or may not happen. And so I hope that they're not throwaway, that it never happens. We do see Michael at the end, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it, which I'm, you know, I'm assuming everybody did because it made a shit ton of money. Uh, he's in the basement and he gets fucking fried. He's he's done. He's fi- on fire. He's a crispy critter. There's no way he's getting out of that basement. But they never show him on fire. I got you. But there's no way he's getting out of that basement. 
No way. She's she Michael made, Myers. She, 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 yeah, that, but she made that house. That she ain't. made that house as a death trap for him in the basement. There is no way he's getting out of the basement. If he his, does, then I cry bullshit and you make him a zombie. And that's like exactly Jason. what's going to happen. He got his head chopped off for God's sake and he came back. No, there was a clever story behind that. That was <laughs> right. a paramedic who got his head chopped was, off was clever, after, he right. clutched, after he crushed his larynx, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> this all works out. That, 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 that uh, paramedic was only asking for help, and she took it as she was trying to kill her. You're the only person in history that's ever said the Halloween resurrection works out. But go on. This and that wasn't resurrection. <laughs> that was that was H2O. And it doesn't. Well, it doesn't in resurrection, it, yeah, though. but it doesn't work out. I'm just making a joke. <laughs> Technically, he doesn't die. This means you would have to bring him back as a zombie. I, I, it, there's no way. There's there's no way you're going to be a key out of the house. There's no escape plan, and that basement was a sealed basement. There was no windows in that basement. There will be something. No, I'm telling you, there's not. I'm telling you what they're doing, and, and I and I and I would be surprised if they don't. This is why I'm I'm looking forward to. There will be Michael Myers will no longer be Michael Myers. It will be a mask. It will be a shape, and it will be a who done it like the first kind of in a way, and it's gonna be interesting. I and I, I have hope in this. Now, mind you, I could be wrong, and then uh, it all goes out the window, and then we're not excited for anything. But we're going to keep excitement up till the sequel comes out because that's what I feel is going to happen. Clues in this movie is once again, there's stories told in this movie that if they don't stand, if there's no reason for them, then there is it was just throwaway. But I feel like they took enough time to plan things out that it looks like they're going into this direction. I.e., we have a background story of the boyfriend, Cameron. Yep. His father is one of the bullies from the original Halloween movie. Lonnie Elam. Yeah. Good job. Uh, the whole story between the, the father of, uh, I can't remember her name, and I just watched it, the granddaughter. Yeah, uh, I, I can't remember what her name is in the movie. That's how forgettable the characters. Yeah, pretty were. much that character. I didn't like that character. Uh, pretty much uh, the granddaughter's dating Cameron. Cameron and her. So her father at dinner t- starts telling a story about him and Lonnie, and right. they they start telling a story. That story is like, oh, we used to do some stuff together. Ba da 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 da. Before he says how much of a bad influence that family is in in the kitchen, but all of a sudden at dinner he's reminiscing of how great it was. And there's a story he starts to tell before Lori comes in. That sounds like an awful, like it sounds like almost a bullying story. And I'm assuming that it includes Tommy Doyle, because that's who they were bullying. Right. So with Michael being dead and deceased and gone. But the fear of Michael Myers there and the fact that he the traumatic thing of running into Michael as a child, but couple that with people who were bullied him and treated him like shit. You have a perfect opening to have Tommy Doyle take over the mantle of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. And it would be it would be good. I'll get to my other theory, but go ahead on this one if you would like. Yeah, I mean, I actually it would be an interesting twist. Um, my fear with if they did do that. You've got the legions and legions and legions of Halloween fans that are more, uh, they're, they're more faithful to the Halloween series than anything else, including Friday the 13th. But there are more Halloween fans, passionate Halloween fans than anything else. If they do go down that that road, I'm afraid that that's going to kill the series. Like, pe- people are not going to like that. Some may. The open-minded people will. But there's so many fans of that series that if they do that, that's basically going down the road of Friday the 13th Part 5. Yeah, so it can be called a cult classic later. Yeah, maybe well, I, like I, I like part five. I like part five. Part five is one of the best. <laughs> it's Friday the most mean spirited one in the whole it's, series. It's one of Friday the best the ones in the whole series. It and is. I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say that if anybody wants to argue me, go ahead. Yeah, and argue it's very sleazy, it's very mean spirited, but it is a really it's good horror great. movie. Great, but we're in the minority when it comes to feeling that way about that. Still uh, to this day, more yes people have liked no. it. Same with Halloween three. It's become more of a cult classic, just the same as Halloween three. I'll yeah. give you that. As time goes on, people are being kinder to these movies. Yes, they are. And I understand why. But here's the thing: I'm going to this auspices here. There was a good portion of this audience that this was their first exposure to Michael Myers. True. True. Okay. So they don't have the same. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, emotional investment if you will, as somebody like you or I do. Right. And even me as a fan, I would love to see them change this story because you have to, like, it's hard. What was hard for me to believe in this movie, and and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Michael Myers, okay, so Michael Myers, when he escapes to do the first murders, was how old? Um, In the original movie? In the original movie. 21. 21. 40 years later. So you're telling me a 61-year-old man was moving around like he was in this movie, killing people off and overpowering people at 61? 
A normal man. A normal man, by the way. The only things that weren't normal about him is he can you can he's a sociopath and he can take a lot of pain, which is is a real condition. So they did their homework on that, but still sixty one. Yeah. And he wasn't doing anything physical and while well, he was locked up. Because he just would stand there and not talk. So it's not like he was exercising and getting his like into shape and getting in fighting shape. There wasn't a picture. We didn't get the montage where there's a picture of Laurie Strode on the wall and he's airboxing it <laughs> and he's lifting weights and he's he's killing inmates like three at a time. So like just Rocky to Four. Yeah, you know, we didn't get, you know, which I would have loved to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Michael versus Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, man, that'd be awesome. That'd be amazing. But, but I, I, you know, we don't get that montage. I know, I know I'm making a joke, but like you're, you're going to believe that a 61 year old man, and by the time they make the next one, would be 63 because I do believe it's slated to 2021. Uh, give, give or take, because yeah. they haven't announced an official date. But 2021 is going to 2020, 2021. So I have a feeling that later this year we're going to hear that it's they're going to be going into production on it. Yeah, so so he'd still be 63, 64. You know, depending upon when they're going. He, now he escapes a fire that he's going to have to take some burns from just to get out. At 60, how, Miss, get out of here. He's miss, yeah, he's missing a hand pretty much because he's got like two fingers left yeah. on that hand. A thumb and a and an index finger. That's all he got left. Like, I'm just saying, it's more feasible to me to go, okay, so you go there. You say he was incinerated, incinerated okay, because that, that fire would have incinerated him. That's what it was pointed for. So you have that looming fear that maybe, maybe he's still there. And then if you have a convincing enough killer, you don't even have to reveal that killer in the next movie. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would actually, what I would do, and because there's also the argument for the granddaughter at the end of the movie. The, the last the last scene of the movie shows her still gripping onto a knife. That's, that, that scene stuck out to me. So, like, for why the camera has to pan down and make that, sure you see her with the that, knife, not sure why. But I feel like it's put she, there for a reason. A friend of mine actually brought that up at work today uh-huh. about that. And his theory was that they're going to make her... The yeah. killer in the yeah. next so, one. So, so that's what I'm saying. So she could be the killer. It's funny that you bring that up today. She could be the killer. Well, Tommy Doyle could be up. the killer. Oh, yeah. You, you, you said I was really else. disappointed that they didn't bring back Tommy or Lindsay in this one. Right, but they could still do it is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. So Tommy Doyle was a they little They said that kid. they deliberately left things out for a sequel. Yes. So like what yes. happens with Cameron. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I might, my two picks and front runners are Tommy Doyle. If you do a, the whole next movie and it's a whodunit and you don't know who Michael is and you don't reveal that it's not you, Michael and it's actually somebody else and you wait till the third installment to yeah. reveal who it is, nobody would give a shit. I'm telling yeah. you right now. Because if you do it right and you still think Michael's alive, but Michael's not alive and that's right. the twist for the third movie, not the second movie, the third movie that you find out the killer had changed so the second and third movie of New Killer, nobody, and I'm telling you, nobody would care as long as it was done right. People would be like, man, and it makes sense. Yeah. As long as you, but you have to be smart about it. Yeah. And I feel like if they do that, they have been because there was little crumbs, like I said, and there was a few other crumbs in the movie that could fit somebody else becoming the killer. And if you go back and you watch that and you do it again, you go, oh man, I should have seen this coming. Right. Now, it was not the same. The, I think the bigger problem, and this is why I want to compare it to Friday the 13th Part 5, is there was really no crumbs for you or I to figure out that that wasn't Jason. Right. Because we didn't know and nobody knew that the kid that died was the son of the ambulance driver. Except for the little long pause on his face. But that still didn't tell yeah. the story. Yeah, like it didn't that tell was, the story. It didn't tell the story. So we didn't know. If you would have known, if it was up front that that was his son and he looked at him, and then later on in the movie he, he becomes Jason, people's minds would change on the movie. He'd be like, oh, man, I get it. Right. I get it. He snapped. He said, I'm going to get these people back. I'm going to dress up as Jason because then I can maybe get away with it. If it wasn't for those kids throwing me onto some spikes, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Whatever. I think that's why people didn't like it because there was it wasn't a good payoff. Right. There wasn't enough backstory to know that that was a good payoff. Right. In my opinion. Later on, I like it for the reasons you, you just said. It's more brutal than any of the other movies. It stays very true to a, a slasher film. It's actually more of a Friday the 13th film than some of the other Friday the 13th films. He's very, you know, it's because it, he's he is a crusader then. Yeah. So he's following the guidelines. So. Yeah. I feel like this movie, kind of after seeing it, my kid liked it, which I said was cool because it gave a whole new people a story, and you didn't have to follow the story. He didn't have to know. The one thing he did ask me, though, <laughs> it was funny, because uh, he hasn't seen all the movies, was he was like, I thought thought Michael Myers didn't kill kids because he kills the kid in the movie. I go, uh, he spent two movies chasing a child around, and then a baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Michael Myers. Michael Myers kills kids. There's no. He doesn't care. He, he's a killing machine. He just kills whatever. It just happened to not happen in right. the, the original. Right. Right. Series. Well, it, you know what it is. He picks and chooses. 
Right. It's a weird thing. And I'm like, and he's like, well, there's a reason. I'm like, he's a sociopath. There is no reason. He just picks and chooses. Because there's people he'll walk by and they won't die. And then there's other people. He's like, eh, I'm going to kill that person. And it's, it's, it's totally random. It is. That's the one nice thing part about Michael Myers compared to, like, Jason, you know who's dying. He's the moral crusader. Yeah. You break a rule of a horror movie or a moral rule and Jason will kill you. Freddie and Michael Myers are kind of, they don't care. They, they don't care. They yeah. don't care if you're the good guy, the bad guy. They'll kill y'all. They don't care. There's no discrimination coming from those guys. And that's, I find that good. Once again, I found myself in the, uh, watching it in my living room and my wife was there and I'm like, oh, here comes the baby scene, man. They should have killed the baby. <laughs> and my wife's like, you're such a horrible person. <laughs> I said, man, it would have been, it would have been, oh man, you know how many people would outraged? And more people talked about that scene than anything else that I saw. Like anywhere. I said, in the theater, in the theater, we talked about this. I, in the theater, even if said, you just take the, the baby. Even if you just took the knife and put it in there, and then as he walks out, you hear the baby cry. Something. You know, I would have done that. The, the, I would have done that. You, like, it it would have made more sense. Oh, than, man. Everybody in the theater, man. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't tell me he kills the baby. Yeah. Oh, Same in the, the theater baby. I was in. Yeah. Oh, it would have been so good if they did something. Like, just stab in there, and then the people are like, oh, my God. And then, like, you hear the baby cry, so you know yeah, he didn't like, really stab the baby. But, but what was funny is, like, you could tell. He, he was already turned to go out. Yeah, like, right. There was no, From his body language. Wait, wait, you could just tell he wasn't even going to go near it. Like, right. That was another thing I appreciated. The, the body language yeah, of the there, guy who played Michael Myers was great. Like, he, 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 he must have gone to the Kane Hodder school of being a killer. <laughs> I'm Maybe that's serious. why I didn't like him because I was I'm, I'm like the only person in the world that doesn't think that Kane Hodder was the best Jason. Really? Yeah. I you know I what think I, Richard Brooker was the actually Richard Brooker in, in uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Brooker was and, good. Uh, Steve Dash in Part Two. Those are my two favorite. Brooker was good. Portrayals of Jason. Uh, the reason I like Kane Hodder, Kane Hodder actually brought an element of humanity to Jason. I liked his mo- the movements, and I think that's why everybody goes back to him. He is the one that created the subtle movements that Jason makes. He was probably the most brutal. Yeah, it was oh, the absolutely. movements, and, and he was more brutal. Absolutely, he was a more hulking. But like, person. like, 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 it, it works. And like, if you ever listen to like how he says it, he did it by based upon like real predators in real life. Right. Like your head turns first, then your body, and 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 it just looked cool. Like it was just a good way to do it. Before then, and I'm not shitting on him because I like a lot of the guys who played uh, Jason over the years. Before then, you just kind of showed up and like just stalk people, kill people. There was like no rhyme or reason. At least with him, you felt like there was more of a psychology behind it because you kind of knew where he was going from the head turn. So if you knew somebody was over here and you, he heard something, he snapped his head, his body was then going to follow. So you knew where he was going. Yeah. Which what brought something, it brought that creepy element to it. Whereas before it was just like up in the air. Now let's take Jason take goes to Manhattan out of it because then he starts teleporting. <laughs> he does teleport and he also punches a man's head off. That was fun though. I got a great story about that, but I'm not going to talk about That's it. That's fine. Air. That's fine. <laughs> the guy I used to work with had a really great take on, on uh, Julius's character. Oh, <laughs> But anyways, yeah, the uh, overall, I did give it a little extra point because there were some some things I saw on the small screen that I either because I was in a theater full of people or whatever, I didn't see. And there was little nods and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I definitely see them planting the seeds of going in a different direction. I mean, we know John Carpenter signed back up to be doing some consulting and doing the uh, right. soundtrack for the next one as well. Yeah, so, he's all for it. I, I still think, on. you know, I, I, I'm afraid of what it would do. I, I'm okay with something different because they, they're running out of material yeah. anyway. But to me, they completely strayed away from the spirit of the original, and nobody's going to make me think otherwise of that. It's just, it's it was not like the original. It was not a suspenseful movie. It was not... It was not in the spirit of the original. Despite what they tried to do and what everybody thinks was going on, it was not like that. So why not try something new? But nothing is going to be the original movie. Exactly. None of its other sequels. But it shouldn't have been marketed as a direct sequel to it if that's not what it was. To me, it was not. Well, it was was a direct sequel forty years later. You're talking about a sixty-one-year-old man. Like the the sixty-one-year-old man is okay. Listen, when we were young. Gur, <laughs> and and I mean I'm married. I'm the only one here married. But when we were younger, and you know, you saw you know girls and stuff. You used to take it like a little more calm approach to it. You used to be like, oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna woo this girl. As you got older, you're like, fuck that. I don't care if she knows I'm staring at her ass. <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel like Michael was. He was like 61 years old. At 21, he was like, you know, what? So I'm, saying gonna get, he I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get to know her. I'm gonna stalk her. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get to really have a feel for her before I kill her. And he now really he's grew just up like right before our now, eyes. And now he's like he's sixty one. He's like you know what I got one foot in the grave from Father Time, so I might as well just kill some people. 
I'm just saying. He's, I I feel like that that might be. I might have to market that. That might make it a better movie. They should send me on tour just yeah. to market that part of it because I really feel like that's kind of what it is. He got out and was like, you know, what? I've missed you know forty years of killing. Let's let's get right to it. I got some big news for you here. This is huge. You guys aren't going to believe this, but uh, my friend Sean that I work with, he listens to the show every week. What's up, Sean? Uh, he did tell me he's going to either tomorrow or the next day he's going to be bringing in the DVD and uh, he's going to let me borrow it. He, he's like insisting that I watch it again. As everybody else is, so I'm actually gonna. As long as he brings it in in a take... couple of days, I'm gonna watch it this weekend again, and you know we'll see if my opinion changes. At I, all. I don't think your opinion is gonna change too. I don't much, think so either. I think I'm gonna hate it. You even might more. have. You might have. No, you know what? You might have a little a different take. Well, like what? Can That's I'm why I'm gonna watch light. it again to see. Listen, I need you to watch it in a different light, though. Like you were watching this movie off of all the hype, and like it was gonna be like the original. Da, 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 da. I never believed that hype. That's what ruined the movie for you. I never believed that hype. I knew it was gonna be what it was, and because of that, I got the slasher. Film that I thought it was going to be and called it a day. Right. I mean, to me, I thought it wasn't so much the hype that got me. It was that I was getting to finally see another Halloween movie that was in quote unquote the same universe as the original series, even though the, the, the sequels were all taken out of it. It was in that series. It was another Halloween movie. I couldn't wait to see it. I've loved for better or for worse, pretty much all of the other movies in the series. You know, I, I thought that at least it was going to be something I would at least enjoy, even if it was going to be a mindless stupid slasher sequel and it just to me it was not in the same vein as the original well like i said i don't think it ever was going to be in the same exact vein you have to go you have to evolve the story somewhere but you and don't have you to go back to the, the suspenseful parts of it and there was nothing suspenseful i don't know that last scene guy it still built suspense for me <sighs> the scene where she's going through the house now mind you i think she was i think it was dumb because she should have just locked down all the rooms and lit the house on fire which we knew at the end she does but i mean we're looking at it in that hindsight you're like eh, why then why did she go through and hunt him well because they needed to get 15 more minutes out of the exactly, movie exactly but that built suspense if you if you suspend belief, sometimes you got to suspend belief, Mike. There's no such thing as Michael Myers, so you have to suspend belief. Just throwing it out there, uh. and it could because it could be worse. Next month, it will be ten years since the last Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yeah, ten years. That's hard to believe. And and even and if it's not coming a, back anytime even, soon, I was gonna say, even if it's fast track, twenty twenty is the earliest, like the end of twenty twenty. Yeah, and it, the longest gap between movies before was eight years, which is a long time. So right. I'm just saying, and people want that movie, and people wanted the Halloween movie, so we should just be happy that they've gotten it back out there. And now, I think that this, I think this movie had to be what it was in the long run of things to progress a story, because you had you got rid of 40 years of material in between, but you had to because it got real convoluted and diluted and and all over the place. It did. So I feel like you had to get rid of that. I feel like that was a good move. And you had to have a little buffer movie. This movie, that's why I didn't think it was going to be the greatest thing since the first one. Because I understood then, and I understand it more, this movie is just a setup to reboot a franchise. And it did its job because people are talking. People for, you know, most people liked it. And then there's people like you who didn't. And that's a smaller group. But the most of the people liked it because it is in the vein of going, okay, we're changing direction. And that's why I believe in the next movie, in this series, Michael Myers will not be Michael Myers the physical person, else under Michael ass. Myers will be the uh, vehicle that yeah. somebody else drives and, to, to create. Terror. And honestly, you know, if they do go down that path that you're referring to, something along Scream. those lines, maybe not even that, but something along those lines, um, you, you know, if they do that and I enjoy that movie, maybe I'll appreciate this one more for right. those breadcrumbs, you know, but as it stands right now, there's not much that I think it would make me like this movie more. It I just, just, I just said it. it's going to be like Scream. Yeah. Which will be fine with me because I love Scream. I love the original trilogy. I didn't yeah, like Scream the fourth 4. One, the fourth one was different. I loved the, the killer. I loved that path. I love I, I love the storyline. By the way, I love the storyline at the end. When yeah. you find out who the killer is in Scream 4 and then the end scenes of that movie yeah. were really good. It was good. insane. It was, that, the beginning, was. it was the beginning part. It was supposed to be a beginning of a new so trilogy. Beginning, the, beginning, the beginning was funny where they did all the spoofs on the yeah. stab movies. That was hilarious, and they had all the different people. That right. was fun. I thought that was hilarious. When the movie started up, though, it was real slow. Even though there was killings and stuff, it was real slow in that middle period. It was kind of dull The characters for me. were different. Yeah, I didn't like the I characters. I didn't like what they did with Dewey. Well, here's the thing. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel for any of the characters anymore. I didn't yeah. even feel for... Uh, Sydney? Sydney. I didn't, I didn't feel for any of them. Yeah. Any of them. And that's what I, I didn't wanted care. to see where they went with even, it, and even, it's not Even happen. the person who ended up... The only person I kind of felt for, and this is why I liked the ending, was the cousin there yeah who ends up being the damn killer right I, that's the only thing because i'm like man they swerve me because i'm like man i kind of feel bad for her because you kind of feel bad for her in a way she puts in that light the sydney light and you're like oh man 
I feel bad for her. And then when she becomes a killer, you're like, damn, they mind fuck me. Damn. Yeah. But it was good. It was it a good. Was idea. She good. was she was insane as a killer. I mean, she was the best killer of all of them. I, in my opinion. I, I the movie itself, I, agree with I think, you. failed. I agree with you. I like I said, the ending of that movie was good. The ending was good. But, she was a great killer. But the middle part, like, pretty much in the beginning, the beginning beginning was good because it was funny. I liked the funny right. part. But that, the the first, like, uh, like after the first 15 minutes, like, that first, the next 45 minutes of the movie, I could have done without, believe right. it or not. And then the last, probably the last half hour was where, where it made money for me. Right. I enjoyed that. So, but I'm just saying, if, if it's in that vein, you can morph... You know, that world with that world, I think it'll be all right. But, you know, hey, if you agree with me, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. Once again, we always want to hear from you. HorrorZone607 on Facebook, at HorrorZone607 on Twitter and Instagram. Always use hashtag HC607. And Mike, take us to the end, my friend. Well, as always, thank you for listening to HorrorZone607. I'm glad the guys were here this week and survived the snow. And uh, hopefully next week there won't be any more. We'll have, uh, we'll have something fun to talk about. So uh, join us next week on HorrorZone607 for Ron. For Rich, I'm your host, Mike C. We'll see you next week, guys.